Welcome to the Cars and Caffeine Podcast. I'm Ken. I am Brandon. And this is episode number 41. Yeah. Yeah. Getting up there. Yeah, we are. We have, a, we have a special guest on again today. Yes, we do. Uh, joining us via Skype is Josh Garcia. Hey, how's, guys. How's it going, man? Ah, it's a lovely, lovely November morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little chilly, but it's supposed to be in the 50s today, I believe. Oh, good. At least by I'll, us. I'll take that. No yeah. rain. <laughs> um, So... First, I want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, taking some time out of your day to join us today. Yeah, no problem, no problem. It's a pleasure to uh, to be on with you and chat with you. Um, and now you um, you have a podcast, Josh. You also have a magazine. You're a photographer, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, uh, uh, to give you the whole history, about, uh, let's see, almost 10 years ago now, <clears throat> I started a website called gangstout.com mm-hmm. and that was started just because uh, there was a handful of friends and myself that every Thursday we used to just go to a bar, um, you know, talk cars and, and have a few drinks. And at one point, uh, there was a gentleman outside who just kept calling our cars gangster, just saying, oh, your cars are so gangster, your cars are so gangster. Uh, and then, you know, at the time, um, Fat Lace was pretty out there they were pretty popular mark arsenal was getting pretty popular and um i stumbled upon their stuff and was like oh i could do that and and you know make it heavy volkswagen and audi based yeah uh and that's essentially what happened so that's i had the website before i even bought a camera um and and once i had that website i'm like all right i gotta kind of figure this out um so with that said about two let's see two, yeah a little over two years ago i decided to take the website down just because uh myself and in the group of guys that were really working on it you know had our own lives and things and, and families and stuff going on so couldn't dedicate the time and effort that it, it deserved so i decided to just take it down uh like i said that was about two years ago and then this past may uh on a spur of the moment thing i just decided I need to do something um, car-wise. And and that's when I just decided, all right, it's time for a revival. Uh, That's where I got the name. And that's basically it. it. And and when I said, um, all right, that's what I'm going to do, it was just doing this. I'm going to hit it as hard as I can with as many things as I possibly can. Uh, The podcast, again, same thing kind of started that on a whim with no real idea how to do it and uh and same thing with the magazine i i have a little experience with magazine stuff just because i've shot for pvw and a couple others that are actually no longer around but um you know i kind of had an idea how to do that sort of stuff but didn't really know exactly what i was getting myself into yeah Mm -hmm. um so you know, as uh, as I normally do, I dove right into literally everything at the same time. Uh, got the website up, started recording podcast episodes, and started to shoot um, people and their their projects or cars for the magazine. And uh, yeah, that was in May, and let's see, we're we're in November. Uh, the first issue of the magazine was out. I made 150 copies of it, um, and I only have about eight left, so I'm pretty stoked with that. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. The podcast is seemingly doing pretty good. Everybody seems to enjoy it. That's how we, you know, we got uh, connected here. So yep. yeah, no, I, I kind of like where everything's heading. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Yeah, Thank it, you. it's the same with us. Like when we first started podcasting, we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, we just were like, uh, we should do something over the winter time because we have no car shows to go to. Yeah, <laughs> let's still talk about them though. <laughs> That's truthfully, um, you know, so, so like I said, I took the gangsta stuff down and, uh, I had cars even after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see at that time, I probably still had my S four, which was bagged and, you know, had, uh, 15, 52 wheels and exhaust, all, just bolt on stuff, but was super, super fun. Uh, so I got rid of that just because we all know, you know, um, uh, 4.2 liter eight cylinder S four motors aren't the 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 best known for uh, longevity so uh before that thing blew up and things turned bad i got rid of that and i went full on you know grandpa car (laughs) and i got a uh uh beige on beige tdi passat which (laughs) nice it it served its purpose because the thing it was new it was it was cool slow as shit but i could get literally like you know 700 miles to the tank on that thing uh and then 
I had that, and even then, I'm like, all right, this is cool, but this sucks at the same time. I'm used to having something fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So around that same time, or actually maybe four months into ownership of that thing is when the Volkswagen TDI scandal uh, came out. (laughs) So it was it was pretty well timed because uh, my thought was, oh, wow. okay, well, here's my opportunity to get rid of this thing and get something fun again. Um, So that happened. I bought a brand new uh, GTI. That was going to be the car. And then about three months later after that, I got a big promotion at work, which came with a uh, full-time vehicle. So uh, <laughs> there I sat convenient. like, oh, great. I have this GTI, but there's some other stuff I want to do. So I don't want to just pay for this and insurance and all that and just have it sit. Yeah. Uh, so needless to say, got rid of that. And that is kind of why we're here today, because the revival stuff is basically my... Um, you know, me scratching that that car motorsport fun, you know, itch. Right. Yeah, I get that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, where where did it all stem for you? Like, how did you get into cars? What age? Oh man, um, I would have to say probably heavy into cars or really realizing like, wow, I really like these things. Uh, around sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because a good friend of mine uh, had a, what the hell was it? Oh, it was a Chrysler Conquest. Oh, I remember those things. <laughs> um, and, and it was just crazy because, like, you know, I didn't really know what the car was. It looked very um, RoboCop-esque, if you will. Hmm. And I just remember uh, going for rides in that thing and uh, hearing the turbo spool up and then obviously relieving pressure and it sounded like a duck and i thought wow that's like the coolest thing ever uh so so pretty much that car and and my friend wayne in particular he's responsible for making me realize wow cars are way cooler than i ever thought um and even with that said i still didn't even i didn't get my license till i was 18 just because i was so heavy heavy into uh bmx riding um that's all i did with the better uh, you know, early portion of my life. Uh-huh. Um, but then again, as everything kind of progresses, you know, 18, 19, 20, all right, I'm still riding. I hurt my, one of my knees really bad. So, uh, I was out for a while and then got back and right around the time of being 21 ish, something like that. Uh, I was like, all right, I'll always have a bike, but I can't do this to myself anymore. And that's another thing that kind of further getting into cars. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was like, all right, I rode my Specialized Fat Boy up until I was 16, (laughs) and then I got in my car, and I basically ditched that thing on the side of the edge of the house for the rest of its life. (laughs) Yeah, I had... It was... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. It was truly... um, So the BMX stuff, there were still... uh, I had a lot of friends who obviously rode BMX with me, but... And then uh, a lot of the dudes at the skate park that we went to that developed the park, actually or get the city to, to organize the park and make it happen, they were heavy, heavy, heavy into Volkswagens. And they were all um, at least five years older than I was. So that kind of played a huge, huge influence long-term um, mm-hmm. with me because a lot of those guys are still my friends today. And uh, they they had a thing called high-speed dubbing, and that was basically Volkswagen Audi stuff. And yeah. that, again, right around that same time as that, conquest as i started uh the, the the conquest drive the the starting of like kind of losing it in the bmx all in that span of i don't know let's call it five years uh they played a huge impact on why i like german cars and you know that they were responsible for it as well so my my car development if you will uh is heavily heavily based on um a skate park and a lot of a lot of cool guys actually yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, you know, growing up, my dad took me to car, um, car shows and stuff like that, and that's basically how I got into them at, like, super young age. And, you know, once I turned – I did. I also was really into dirt bikes as a kid, too, but once I got, like, yep. 17, 18, I realized dirt bikes aren't going to get me that far except through the trails and stuff, so I probably start driving a car. Right. right. <laughs> There's truly something um, that I hope long-term the future – kids can even my kids in particular can understand like the freedom that a car brings right um, yeah it just because you know that that first time i think uh 
the first car I ever had on the road was a first generation Mitsubishi Eclipse GSX in Ooh, purple. Those are nice. <laughs> and that was it. Like I just remember, wow, this is my car and I can drive wherever I want and just it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, as long as I, I, I mean I'm I hope my kid can do that too, but I hope that he's not stupid enough to do dumb stuff and get himself hurt or anything too, you know. Oh I, yeah, absolutely. I think uh I think in the next you know, 10 or 15 years, it's going to be harder and harder to do dumb stuff, unfortunately, with the way cars are going. Yeah, they're going to be driving themselves. You want to be able yeah, to drive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was driving in a CRV the other day at work. It has that lane assist. Yeah. Yep. So if you're, if you're going down a road with any little slight bends, you just let go of the steering wheel, it literally will just turn itself back in. It'll shake yep. the steering wheel and beep like three times. It'll let you know you're close and just turn right back into the center of the lane. Yeah, my wife's Highlander does that. It yeah. does. I don't think it turns it back in, but it beeps when you oh, go over the line. Oh, this one turns it back in. Yeah. It's nuts. Oh, it's yeah. It, it's, uh, you know, we're seeing the, um, what do you call it, the, the, the birth of everything, if you will. Yeah. Um, I unfortunately have a feeling it's going to get to the point where uh, humans are eliminated in the driving process. This could be you know, 20, 30 years from now, I hope. But uh, I think it's going to get to that point. And, and we, we talked about this as an episode um, on our show, just like what are insurance companies going to do and say? They're certainly going to be like, oh, no, you want to drive your own car still? Well, fine. You can only drive it on Sundays between the hours of 10 and 1. <laughs> um, you know, and if it you, you can't go on the highway, you can't go on the. It, it just yeah. I have a feeling it's going to go that uh, route, unfortunately. Yeah, that's crazy though. I can't imagine not being able to drive if I want and let something drive right. me. Because sometimes driving a car, like certain cars, are fun. Obviously, your basic, you know, everyday car, it's it is what it is. But just you want to take out your old car and <laughs> just drive anything it. old. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to be able to have some of that still on the road. But exactly. Eventually, yeah, it's all going to be gone, man. Yeah, um, it's uh, and I, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, and hopefully, it's you know, fifty <laughs> years from now at the, at the very earliest, but. Uh, it's an interesting thing to think about. And um, I mean, there certainly is, like you were saying, uh, driving different cars. It's an event. It truly is an event. It's not an everyday thing. It's like, holy crap, I'm behind the wheel of this thing that I may have dreamed about or only seen on TV or whatever it might be. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to get back into uh, how you got into the magazine. How, how What goes okay. into creating that? Um, so... Let's, let me try to think. The, the <laughs> kind of influence for that, um, there is a Porsche magazine that's out called Triple Zero. Mm -hmm. And I think I stumbled upon – actually, no, no. That, I've seen that after the fact. Um, there was a couple other magazines. I think there's one called We Are Rusty. Uh, and it's a, a dude by himself in somewhere in Europe who's, who's making his own magazine. So I had kind of a um, – inclination like oh wow that's cool somebody else is doing something like that uh but then another friend of mine on instagram uh, is heavy heavy into snowboarding and he created um a book this past i, I want to say last year mm -hmm. and as soon as i seen that book i'm like whoa i want to do that um and that was kind of this at that same time with the revival stuff i'm like oh wait that's what i'm gonna do that that's it's gonna be a a magazine. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that's kind of what I want to <laughs> do. Um, and, and basically <clears throat> I knew I was going to do it. So immediately I just started looking for printers, uh, that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, there was one that I was going to use that is an online bookmaking place, but I didn't end up using them. But you know, the benefit of you, uh, of, uh, looking at them was they provided InDesign templates. So I downloaded that uh, immediately and got an idea of, all right, here's how I can lay everything out in, yeah. in design. Here's what I'm going to need. Um, so by chance, uh, in my day job, I was sitting in my office and I overheard a salesman come in. Um, he came through the front door and went to our receptionist and I overheard him saying, oh yeah, I'm with this print company and uh, I just want to drop all this stuff off. We can make this stuff and 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 whatnot. So I let him do his whole spiel. Uh, mm -hmm. But then I went out to the receptionist and said, "Hey, did that guy leave a card or anything or any examples?" And uh, sure enough, the examples that he left, three of them were magazines, and <laughs> they made they were making magazines for um, colleges, if you will. So you know, 
kind of pamphlet style, but you know, big enough where, wow, I got a realization of, Oh, there's my printer. Um, so after he left, I called him about a, you know, a couple hours later and just said, Hey, here's kind of what I'm doing. Um, I still didn't at the time have a number of pages or even the quantity that I wanted to make. Yeah. So my, my pricing was still up in the air, but he gave me a rough estimate and it was expensive. And I'm like, Oh, all right, I got to sort of figure that out. But, um, as things kind of came to fruition, uh, that was the print company that I was going to go with. And I wanted it to be a, a heavy book, which is both good and bad for, for shipping. Cause that caused me problems down the road for shipping. But, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I wanted it to be something, you know, uh, a tangible object that somebody could hang on to and not put, let's say in their bathroom. Uh, I want it to be on their coffee table or their bookshelf versus just flip through it and put it aside. That's funny. Um, I was, I was literally talking to Ken about, it. I was like, I wanted to know, like, do you go in, do you like actually feel different papers? Do you actually go in like that deep into the process or is it just kind of like online? You go off of samples? Nope. Nope. I 100% did. And that was, um, another thing that played into it. You know, the timing of it was great for this, this, um, the salesman to come by, you know, my office, it just purely was luck. Um, but the online company that I wanted to use previous to this guy coming in, um, sent me samples and I even showed my wife, I'm like, this isn't what I want. This is, you know, this is crap. I don't like this. This is not the kind of quality I want. So to your point or to answer your question, yeah, I a hundred percent was very, um, particular about the paper. You know, we use uh, number 100 weight, uh, cover and number 80 body, um, which is, you know, it's, it's, um, I don't want to call it cardstock cause it's a bit more pliable than cardstock, but it's damn close, especially <laughs> the cover. Um, when you, when you hold it in your hand, you're like, Oh wow, this is okay. I get it. Yeah. Um, so I was, yeah, very, very particular about the paper, very particular about the actual, uh, print quality. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big decision I had to make just for cost wise as well, because, I'm probably going to butcher what the other process is called, but basically my book is digitally printed and the other one, for lack of a better term, I can't think of the actual technical term is, is let's call it press printed. Um, and if I wanted to press print something, it basically would have doubled my price. There is a benefit to press printing and I hope we can get there because, um, there's some cool stuff I want to do. For instance, with the cover, I want to have, uh, let's say different textures. So, the revival logo, for instance, I'd like that to be gloss, but other parts of the magazine to be uh, flat or a matte finish. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't do that with digital printing, but I can do that with the actual press printing. Um, and with that, it, it gets to a point where for now I'm only making 150 of these things. If I get up to the point of, let's say 500, then it comes, then that, uh, that figure of, um, you know, quantity to pricing versus all right just these one fit that figure gets a little friendlier if you will yeah they give um, you like a yeah, discount for yeah. buying more in bulk yeah it just it just makes more sense because uh i think the, the the stat that the guy gave me was you know in order just to turn that machine on that that press machine uh it's about a thousand bucks just just wow. to fire the thing up wow. um you know on top of the inks and everything that that runs through it so um and he was very great good he didn't want to try to upsell me on something especially you know uh, and i appreciate that because i i didn't know what the hell was going on at first yeah um you know he just kind of laid it out truthfully and and it made sense and for now we're digitally printed but uh i hope we get to that that press print level pretty soon you said you made 150 original first editions or or is that what the term would be i guess yeah yeah i guess you want to call it that so basically it's going to be a quarterly um, magazine, so four issues a year. Uh, issue number one, I printed 150. It's probably going to be the same thing for issue number two as well. I, I want to make it, um, you know, kind of. I, I I don't like the the selling things as like low limited quantities, and we only have 50 to to bump it up to sell them yeah. in that manner, if you will. I I just, but you know, 150. I feel like that's a pretty good number to start. Um, because I, I actually save, or I did save 10 of those uh, that I'm going to put aside and do like, um, you know, uh, the uh, celebration of the first year, if you will. Mm-hmm. So 
have some sort of sale on all four issues in like a package at some point, maybe with a t-shirt or something. Oh, nice. That's cool. Um, I like that. Yeah. So put 10 of those to the side. And then of course, um, I sent a handful of them out to the, uh, everybody who's, uh, advertising in the magazine, for instance, Rotaform, mm-hmm. um, affluent auto, uh, Chris Surce at Chris Surce custom. Like there's a handful of people who paid for ads. So I figured, all right, I want to cover them as well. So, right. Um, yeah, like I said, 150 or down to like the last eight. And there's a couple more people that I, I want to get, um, one in the hands of at, at the very least just to say hey look here's what we're doing and uh yeah. hopefully you, you dig it and maybe we can swing something in the future yeah that's pretty cool and you sell them right from your website or from your instagram yeah right from uh our website at uh, revivalmotoring.com you can go to our web store and uh they're right up there and nice. so yeah they're up there i think like i said there's about eight left um it's just the simple online store that was another thing i had to figure out i hadn't you know we had some stuff set up for the gangstout website but we didn't take it uh serious enough mm-hmm. and this way i i have everything set up like all right you know shipping's done this is done i account for taxes i account for all this sort of stuff i i truly um when i decided to do this i decided i'm gonna do this as a full-fledged business and got you know a dba probably two weeks into the idea and that almost forced me like all right now i really have to do this um so it's just a, a much mature, uh, much more mature effort on my part um, as far as doing everything. So, yeah, we have the website. That's where you can get them. Uh, we did go to um, probably three or four shows this year, um, set up a booth. And that was cool because we sold a, a lot, especially at Staggered in particular. Um, it was awesome. They, that was really cool because bunch of people came up to us just say oh hey you like what you're doing the magazine's awesome and then a handful of people that had previously bought it uh just wanted to come up and say hey this is awesome so it was really fun it's, it's a, um it's always cool to get feedback like that when you do something and people are like hey i really like that or i really like this it you know it makes you feel like yeah it did something cool and all the yeah, work yeah. and stuff paid off you know absolutely because uh, and i'm sure you guys understand you know uh, especially the podcast um, stuff, like, all right, I see the numbers and I can say, oh, cool, uh, we're growing. You know, we had more listens this month than last month. So it's cool. But having people, again, the, the tangible stuff come up to you and say, hey, no, I really like this. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. it, it speaks a lot louder than just seeing a, a different number. Definitely. Now, when you put your magazine together, um, is it a collective efforts of multiple people that, in, like, do you do the articles? Does someone else write the articles? You do the pictures? You do some of the pictures? The first issue, literally everything uh, was all me. Wow, that's um, awesome. Geez, wow. And the second issue is probably going to be all me. I'm working on a couple um, people that are doing some special things. Uh, and I just don't know if that's going to make it into the second issue or the third issue. My friend, uh, Anna Taylor, who is in, uh, West Virginia, um, has a really good story about her dad who unfortunately passed away pretty recently. And, uh, he has a really cool car and I reached out to her and her husband, Paul, which are both very good friends of mine. And I said, Hey, here's my idea. Um, I'd like for you to be a part of this and do this. Take your time with it. So that is coming up at some point. I just don't know if it's going to make it into the second issue, probably the third issue, most most likely. Okay. Um, so I am, I am kind of at the point of uh, entertaining contributors, if you will, for yeah. the magazine. Um, it would certainly take uh, a decent amount of work off my back, which would be huge, um, and just add some more time to do some other stuff. But uh, at the same time, I want it to be fair to whomever um, contributes because, you know, in the world we live in today, uh, everybody's social media driven and, you know, you can reach 10,000, 50,000 people much quicker than you can in a print magazine. Um, But I want the contributors to understand that, but also probably come from the same point that I do where no, no, this is way cooler because it's tangible. This is a physical product. This is, you know, seeing your stuff in print is way better than on screen. Every time I I print something, it's just like, wow, I should have been, I should print like a thousand more of these pictures that I have, even just for myself, not to do anything with. Right. Um, And that, that's another thing that kind of stemmed the magazine was uh, I was printing, uh, shooting a lot of stuff for Chris Sears Customs. And then 
um, he wanted Prince to, to fill his shop. Uh, and as we ordered more of those and they got bigger, uh, that was probably on the back of my mind. Like, man, every time I get one of these, even though this isn't uh, a print for my house or, or anything like that, uh, I was excited as soon as I seen the box arrive and just I open it and it's like, whoa, this is awesome. Um, so, you know, there, there's I want contributors to understand um, and appreciate that. Like, oh, man, this is so super, super cool to see something in print to see their work or see somebody's car that they shot in print. I agree. I've printed a couple of my pictures and I feel that it definitely it gives you a completely different perspective when you see it in print than on the screen. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And and you know, typically screen stuff, you look at it for maybe five seconds, yeah, and you're and you're done. <laughs> yeah. But actual print stuff, it uh, you know, every time I'm at my friend Chris's shop, I, I'll I'll kind of walk down the aisle like, oh yeah, man, I love that picture. Yeah. You know, and just like look at it again. Or like in a doctor's office, you see some really cool landscape <laughs> pictures and stuff. You're just like, oh, that's pretty yeah. nice. Something right, right? Yeah. An actual tangible. Um, uh, I don't know a tangible product versus the, the screen stuff. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's cause I'm older, but I'm old school. I like, like real books. Like I have books and I like to have the physical book in my area. And if I want to look at it or just have it there, cause I read it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it, it goes a long way to physically have something. Um, and I think we're probably some of the last generation, I think who are really going to understand that there's For hope. Sure. I, I, I yeah. think you know, the way I kind of look at it is, uh, we can say things die and go away, right? But yeah. vinyl never really did. There's still tons of people who are into vinyl. Yeah, that's true. I mean, some of the bands I listen to re-release their albums on vinyl. A lot of people right. do Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like there's an uptick for that sort of stuff. <laughs> because coming. it's a different um, sound. Like, I mean, obviously CD and all that stuff sounds great and they can make it sound much better. But that album vinyl sound, it just has this special thing to it, I guess you could say. That smoothness. Right. Yeah. Nothing, uh, like nothing else. Um, there's a, a, a factor to that that the other platforms can't bring. Right. Um, you can't recreate that sound. Exactly. So in the same you can the, the same can be said for film photography. There's still millions of people who shoot film. True. Um, you know, there and hopefully and I say this cuz I'm trying to obviously sell magazines, but mm-hmm. hopefully it's the same thing with uh, with actual print. Um, and and that's part of the thing too is um the magazine itself is heavy, heavy photo based. So mm-hmm. if I do an article on a shop or somebody in particular, it's 20 pages dedicated to them. But I usually tend to hover around a thousand to fifteen hundred words for their article. So it's only like a six or seven minute read, if you will. Right. Um, and it's obviously very heavy uh, photo based. So again, it, it's still enough to to keep somebody entertained for you know that five or ten minutes, but then can go back and look at the pictures if you will it'd make for a good uh doctor's office material too right on <laughs> yeah, the little table exactly. there <laughs> it's cool there's a couple of them floating around that are in uh local barber shops around like the boston area and stuff like that i, oh, yeah? I even i was sent a couple pictures like whoa this is in, in that's the cool. place i get a haircut I'm like oh, man, that's awesome. i don't know how i got there but awesome that's pretty neat so yeah <laughs> i i I'm the same way. I think magazines are cool. I always like magazines. We have magazines on our yeah. podcast table here. <laughs> I still get a Super yep. Street subscription yep. sent to my house. <laughs> yep. Yeah, because there's there's truly something to it. Um, even with uh, you know PVW, PBMW, all that the Top Gear magazine, I still get all those just because the, for one they're they're phenomenally made. Um, in particular, Top Gear magazine, like the work and stuff in that is is unbelievable. So I'd much rather look at that. Um, than those photos online, basically. Yeah, I agree. Um, So tell me a little bit about your photography and how you got into photography and automotive photography in general. So that was basically um, with the the start of the Gangstout website, I had to kind of figure something out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started that website, and about a week or so into that, I just grabbed um, a Nikon camera. There was no... no, uh, you know, brand loyalty established at the time by any means. I just kind of did a bit of research and said, oh, you know what? I'm going to go and I need this camera to do this if I'm going to do it properly. So I uh, went and bought an Icon. It wasn't even full frame. Not that that matters, but uh, bought that thing and just really started from from there. Um, and 
then obviously things progressed as the website tr- started to grow. Uh, I started to learn more and and certainly noticed, all right, there's some things that are limiting me with um, the first Nikon I bought. So then it was upgraded to like a D300 or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and obviously things just progressed and, and continued to do so. Um, yeah, there was really no... Everything was kind of learnt on the fly. At right. one point, I signed up for uh, a course called it was actually the New York Institute of Photography. It was basically just an online course, and then they send you a bunch of uh, booklets and things like that, and, and you send some stuff in. And I got like it, it was um, a pay as you go type of deal. Right. So I got like I don't know three or four, uh, let's say modules into that, and it was just like all right. I can learn literally whatever I want to learn on YouTube in about five minutes <laughs> versus um, going through this and paying this price to, to learn this stuff. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that was kind of it. There's a nowadays it's there's so much stuff out there, and I feel like I don't do it, but almost every photographer has you know their photo page, their social media stuff, and then they also have a YouTube channel. Um, and a lot of times they'll do, uh, tutorials and and all that sort of stuff. So I heavily, heavily learned a lot just online and Googling stuff. And, um, that's, that's how I learned a lot of my, uh, photo editing too. watching tutorials going on uh, Flickr and checking out because some people allow their, their settings to be loaded with their photos. Right, right. You can look at the, uh, the metadata. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, So that was basically it and then it was cool because um as things progressed with gangsta we started to go to more shows and start to meet new people and a lot of those people uh were also photographers um my friend sam dobbin again anna taylor sam dobbins dan crosley just got to meet all those guys and and, or, and woman and uh you know it stemmed from there um, sam dobbins you see the guy from um what is it boston or no yeah yep okay yep. Yeah, yeah he works for uh, him and Anna used to, uh, they were part of a thing called more than more. I think Sam still does it. Uh, but they met, I think through performance VW as, as we all kind of did at some point. And, um, you know, now Sam does the Boston stuff. Um, I think he does that full time. Yeah. I think he's there full time. I think he does a lot of video for them now too. I I put up some pictures, um, on one of the groups I was in and he, uh, messaged me or yeah, he commented me that he liked the pictures and wanted me to send him some to put up on the gallery on their page or something like that. He was telling me. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Sam's a good dude. I haven't seen, matter of fact, I haven't seen him in a while. And then, um, it was awesome because a few months ago as the magazine was out, I, I see an order come through and it was for Sam Dobbins. I'm like, holy crap. I That's didn't, cool. You know, it, it was like, oh, awesome. He bought And so he bought it and then he posted it like, dude, this is awesome. It's so cool to see uh, old friends doing cool stuff. So it's, um, I met a lot of good photographers through the Gangsta Out stuff uh, and friends, you know, yeah. probably friends first. Um, yeah, we've definitely made a couple cool connections through photography and the podcast for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's kind of how it goes. I like everything being organic. Um, and like I said, my photo stuff is uh, heavily influenced by a lot of friends and, and people I've met through the years, if you will. Right. And I was noticing you're taking pictures of uh, John Ludwig's. I, he says it's not really a lot of, but it's sim- the same company or something, right? Yeah. So that car in particular, um, that will be in the second issue of the magazine as well. Uh, so I can't, I'm probably going to butcher the story, but there's a lot of, right? Mm-hmm. And for a period of time, um, they were closed as a company, if you will, or somebody else owned them. Okay. And and it's called a Zaguli. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the year uh, of his uh, his twenty one oh one, that year is a nineteen seventy three, and that falls in within that time frame of said company Zaguli owning Lada. I believe it's something like that. So that's why it's it's you know. Lada badged. It's the design of Lada, but it technically goes under the Zaguli name. I see. Um, but <laughs> yeah, goes car, into that. <laughs> it, it's so it's crazy. Uh, that car has a really good story. I actually just finished that article um, last week, and nice. uh, I'm doing the last bits of um, laying out that design for that article. 
uh, I got to do some like uh, or add some detail shots and whatnot. But it's it's pretty much all there. Nice. Um, but yeah, that that car is really cool. It's uh, certainly something to see. And even in the article I wrote, you know, something along the lines of uh, everybody stands in awe and just like the first thing they ask is what the hell is that? Yep. Oh, nobody yeah. really knows. Yep. Um, and then there's a very, very select few who go, Oh wait, I know exactly what that is. Mm-hmm. And they get even more excited because they know what it is. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. It, uh, it's a really c- cool car. Um, John is a, a, a good friend of mine and just interesting dude. Um, who does a lot of cool stuff. So yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's yeah, a couple cool cars. Awesome. I've been following his Instagram for a little while now. I actually, uh, I got a chance to see that car at Wolfsgart this year. Oh, and, awesome. uh, I took a few photos of it inside and then like a week later, he used a few of my shots to uh, post his wheels for sale. <laughs> That's cool. I was I, like, what? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. He certainly always has something cooking. I actually shot that car twice because the first iteration of it, um, he made it, uh, made his own turbo fans for mm-hmm. the Epsilon wheels. That was a very and, hit or miss on online from what I could see. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, the design was very cool. The um, the outcome was very cool, but mm-hmm. he didn't like. There was a couple of materials that he didn't like. There was a couple of things that he made a little too big, and they didn't work the way he wanted them to work. So, mm-hmm. um, as I we were literally talking about it as I was shooting the car with the epsilons on about another set of BBSs that uh, could potentially go on, and I would say within two weeks the epsilons were gone. And yep. BBSs were had, and so that in the magazine, it's going to have the uh, the BBS E76s on it. That's crazy. The actually uh, the Epsilon wheels were sold to a guy local to us for his Nissan Pal, I think. Oh, cool, yeah. cool. I'm not even sure if I pronounced that right, but <laughs> yeah. little hatchback thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, there's so many. I screw up. I butcher car names. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> we also saw his car down in H2O. Remember? Oh yeah, we saw him on the yep. strip a little bit too, yeah. and also at the uh, can at, I at the coffee meet. bean? Yeah, yeah. That's right. I took a couple pictures of it there. Yep, it's a cool yeah. car. Yeah, when it's you see cool. that thing, it jumps out. You're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. There's only yeah, one of them exactly. around like that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and you're almost. Um, my initial thought, I knew what it was beforehand, but uh, my initial thought was, wait, it kind of looks like a mini, but then the back of it kind of looks like an old school Volvo, and then it kind like it just kind of looks like a lot of things, but really isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's a perfect way to describe it, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just... It's a little bit of everything, but it's not yeah, anything, actually. It's, it's, uh, in the article, I refer to it as just this odd little box. <laughs> yep, perfect. Now, you are used to be a regular person uh, going to H2O, right? A regular yeah, yeah, person? I, <laughs> I mean, like a regular going there, like a regular yeah, H2O guy. No, no, there was a <laughs> point in time where um, every year, you know, it was just on the schedule. Uh, at my day job, I, you know put in for the time long before um the actual trip occurred yeah um i haven't gone since probably 2012 i think 2000 really? yeah I, uh, I'd, I'd say 2012 i went last year or this year for yeah. my first time yep that was pretty cool we're, we're newbies to it actually it's um sorry i was putting my phone on uh silent because i was getting text um <laughs> no worries the yeah it's uh certainly changed a lot and I feel, I don't know what the answer is, truthfully. Um, maybe it's me just getting old um, <clears throat> and the way it is now. There's a lot of people who feel as if it was taken over by other car manufacturers. Yeah. But, you know, it's not the car's fault. It's the people that kind of come with that. Yeah. And maybe it's just immaturity levels are there now. And again, this could be just because I'm 35 years old and not 25 years old anymore. Um <laughs> It, it has changed. I still have an appreciation for it, but it's certainly not something I would uh, go down there with my family with, if you will. You yeah. Know? yeah. It's definitely it, not it's family just, friendly. It's the total opposite of that right now for yeah, at least yeah. the last I mean, two years. I've only gone twice, and it's it, it's been a shit show, but it's also been, for the like from, from my point of view, it was my first time experiencing something like that, so it was also one of the best craziest nights of my life at the same time right absolutely because there certainly is um an appreciation to seeing all these cars that we may see on social media in person Mm -hmm. um that's a huge part of it for me the cars the people like wow i got to actually see this and kind of live it um and then to your point there are certainly a lot of people that take it too far 
Um, oh yeah, definitely. And we've we've unfortunately seen the results of what happens when they do that. Um, I, again, you know, there's this was the week after H two O. This was the uh, the muscle car yep. show they had, but a kid died. You know, yeah. he, he's gone because he decided to run from the police on his motorcycle, probably because you know uh, that that outlaw lifestyle-esque thing that kind of seems to be happening down there like ah screw it we'll do whatever we want we'll take the ticket it doesn't matter you know maybe that just was taken a little too far and he he thought all right yeah i'm gonna do this and and i'm gonna they can't catch me and unfortunately now you know he's gone yeah um and it seems like every year there's what happened oh this year it was the um unfortunately i don't think anybody mustang yeah but yeah it was the mustang um and just like come on guys and like, I don't know. It, it just give, gives off a bad vibe of you can do whatever you want, and that's not the case down there. And the police obviously make sure that's not the case. Yeah. Yeah, in the last episode, I was um, talking to Christian Loza from uh, Can I Beat, and he's yeah, one of the yeah. guys that helped start First Class Fitment. Um, he was telling me he was right there where the Mustang crashed, right outside of his hotel, and yep. he said the guy somehow managed to just come out with some scratches and stuff nothing wrong with them and everything and luckily there was no cars coming in oncoming traffic or else it could have been a lot worse right i was just gonna say you know for for as bad as that looked um a lot of people were pretty lucky you know to to come out like you said it could have been far worse yeah and i don't know if it's just that i don't know what it is you know um it's so what do you call it peer pressure i guess takes yeah for over. sure you want to look cool in front of your friends exactly and just just throw common sense by the wayside um do something stupid and there's the result so number one reason that guys insurance is more money than women's because we do stupid shit (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty funny i think a lot of the the craziness is is amplified especially for things like instagram or snapchat and shit like that because like when you were saying you stopped going what six years ago yeah yeah instagram was pretty young still Right. Six it years ago. You know? Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, it was real. It's funny because you can look back on my, my Instagram and you can see all that stuff like from H2O and there was nothing like that. It was just kind of friends, some cool cars, yeah. um, the occasional ticket because somebody did a burnout. You mm-hmm. know, uh, we get it. We get it. But it uh, now it's just crazier. And it's like the next person is trying to up the last person oh, constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Whether it be with absurd stuff, um, you know, like far too much camber on a stupid car, yeah. or or just doing something dumb uh, at a red light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. We saw a bunch of people yeah. just doing crazy it's stuff. A lot of attention grabbing, that's for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, because they want to see themselves on the internet, on Instagram. But, like, yep. like again, like I was saying, the first time I went, I got a chance to see a rwb porsche for the first time in that's my life cool. you know like you, you get to see really cool cars yeah that's the reason i went i mean it's fun to see people do dumb stuff too as long as nobody gets hurt but right right no and i completely get it i mean we had a uh cars and coffee um last weekend we yeah i saw that your first annual one right food drive yeah yeah it was really cool um a lot of great people showed up we filled up um uh, an expedition with a ton of food and dropped it off at a local awesome. pantry. So it was That's cool. good deed and, you know, everybody felt good about it. Um, but it was funny because, uh, there were a lot of hot rod guys that showed up mm-hmm. and, you know, they, they kind of, they want to flex their muscle if you will. <laughs> and, uh, a couple were leaving and this was like mid show. So a couple were leaving and, and basically just took off, um, didn't do a burnout by any means, but took off very fast in the street as they were leaving. Mm -hmm. So there was a cop not too far um, from where that was happening. So the cop came in and was like, look, make sure nobody does that anymore, but I don't care what you do in the parking lot. Oh, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) There's an open eye. So we get it because there was a handful of people who were like, so you mean I can do a donut and there's no repercut and basically like, yeah, you can make it happen. It, it was okay. It was wow. sanctioned. It was a closed private road. <laughs> That's nice. There you go. So we get it. We, we still understand, you yeah. know, even being older, I still get a smile. So who uh, did the donut? Donuts <laughs> and, and whatnot. Um, that one of them would be my co-host Chuck in his, uh, R32 skyline. Oh, nice. That's a pretty good it, car to uh, do it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It makes, uh, that car in particular makes just shy of about 700 horsepower. And, uh, 
wow. with the flick of a switch, he can go from all-wheel drive to real-wheel drive. That's so, a that's uh, badass. <laughs> he, he flicked that switch, put it in real-wheel drive, and uh, skidded across the parking lot for a little bit. That's awesome. I need that feature. <laughs> I, I got a uh, I got a Celica All Track that I've been like toying with the idea of converting to rear wheel. Yep. If I could just flick a switch, it'd be so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 fun button. Yeah, right. Did you guys have a pretty good turnout for the cars and coffee? Yeah, we did. It. Um, I don't know the number of cars, but I want to say like thirty ish cars, something like that. That's pretty um, decent. A decent amount of people, and, and the big thing was. Um, the week leading up to it was terrible as far as weather. Yeah. And yeah. It, it, literally up until uh, I'd say our event was on Sunday. Thursday, we made the call to just have it. And then even on Sunday morning, we woke up and it was raining. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. So yeah. it cleared up um, once we got there and, and, you know, it was better. But I think uh, there would have been more people, especially hot rod guys, uh, we we understand, you know, if there's a threat of rain, they're probably not going to take their car out of the garage. So yeah. mm-hmm. we're going to aim to have another one um, in like springish, something like that. It was spring, early, early summer. Um, we'll do another one. Uh, I think it worked pretty good. Everybody who did go had a great time. Um, all the coffee was gone. All the donuts was gone. So <laughs> you know, it, 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 uh, everybody was fed and uh, got to see some cool stuff. Did the cops eat the donuts? How dare no, you? No, no. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Just wondered. Was, uh, I I would have offered him at least a cup of coffee, yeah, right. but I it didn't get right. to talk to him. I actually, yeah. I I ran into the shop, and um, by the time I came out, I was just told, "Oh yeah, he came over and said this." That's cool though. Yeah. That's always nice. See, so many people hate on cops and stuff, but some of them are actually pretty cool. Although I'll have to say, some of them can be dicks, like the one we had at H two O. Yeah, I keep bringing it up, but it's just super annoying. Like, um, we went to the Z Society meet. It was all like Nissan three fifty Zs, three seventies, older yep. ones, whatever. Um, and the cop was not letting anybody into the street. It was on a side street too. It wasn't like the main road or anything. And like some dude that was a photographer got a ticket for standing in the street taking a picture. Yeah, I think he stepped off the sidewalk yeah. to get a picture of like the front end of a few cars, and yep. the cop wrote him a ticket. And yeah, then as he was just, it was terrible. And as he was leaving. Um, somebody said, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. The cop got in his car to drive away and somebody yelled, I hate you. So he like jacked his brakes, yep. got out, threatened, challenged everyone who, yep. whoever said it. It was just like a ridiculous scene. It's like, so dude, ridiculous. we're sitting here. We're not causing any harm at all right, right now. And that's, yeah. He basically took out his frustration with H2O. a bunch of other assholes. Right. And H2O. Oh, like, yeah. It just, you know, they, how can I? They're, uh, it's like they're all on pre-workout. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They're yep. just ready to go, like looking for any little thing. And uh, the fuse is already is already lit much before you guys. And you right. guys, unfortunately, were the, were the brunt yeah. of the, um, the, you know, the brunt of it. Yeah. And I get it. I understand why, because of all the bullshit that happens and stuff. But in that particular situation, for me, it was uncalled for. But. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It happens. What are you going to do? Move on yep. to the next yeah. parking lot down but the street. It just goes yeah. to show that some cops are actually really cool. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think, uh, matter of fact, Ludwig um, put out a couple of videos of a cop that was super interested in the Lada. Oh, that's and, cool. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it was like the, a conversation between them two, and uh, he ended up giving them a keychain that he made, and the cop was like psyched. It was, it was cool. So, to your point, yeah. They, I mean, just like anything, there's good and bad with all types, no matter what. Um, some cops are going to be, you know, jacked up and ready to go and dish out tickets and arrest people instantly. Others are going to be a bit more understanding. Yep. So we did yep. it. So uh, tell us a little bit about the McLaren experience. Oh, that was fun. Um, so that happened because uh, there's a company called Affluent Auto that um, put an ad in the magazine. And, and I've become uh, friends with the gentleman who runs it, uh, this dude, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So I went over there to drop off his copies of the magazine um, as soon as they were done. And he said, oh, by the way, I'm going to be putting on this event with McLaren because they got in touch with me. And I said, cool. And he's like, oh, I want you to come and uh, and take some pictures. And um, I think you'll be able to drive some cars. So I said, sure. Sign Even me better. Up. Just tell, me, <laughs> tell, tell me where and when to be there. Yeah. And um, so – uh, he mentioned that and I'd forgotten about it cause it was like a month or so past. And then he's like, Oh, here's your invitation. See you Saturday. And that was that. So 
Uh, my friend Chuck and I got there, weren't quite sure what to experience. We, we kind of, I, I guess, judged it before I got there, if you will, um, because I thought, all right, I'm going to have to just play the part and be like, yeah, sorry, I'm not going to be signing any paperwork today to buy a car or anything. <laughs> yeah. I, I truly thought it was going to be like a sales experience thing. Turns out that wasn't what it was at all. Um, because the best way to describe it is that McLaren uh, is doing this to educate people and motoring enthusiasts about their brand entirely. Because the average person, when you see a supercar um, or some sort coming down the road, you think, oh, wow, that's the Lamborghini or that's a cool Ferrari or mm. whatever. The, the, McLaren is certainly not the first words out of your mouth. Um, a McLaren could be coming down the road and somebody could, you know, a normal public would think, oh, that's got to be whatever, Ferrari, something else. Yeah. So their goal with these events is to educate the people uh, and just try to bring their name to the forefront. Now, with that said, I was familiar with McLaren, but um, I wasn't a huge, huge fan. Obviously, you know, um, McLaren F1 is an iconic car and everybody knows about it. And that was basically the gist. And I'd see, all right, yeah, they're making some new stuff. And, and that was about it. Mm -hmm. um, after this event, I am a full-fledged fan of McLaren. Fanboy, <laughs> if you will. Um, yeah. You know, driving experience aside, but just because them doing this event, um, the, the uh, guys from McLaren that were actually there that worked for them, we're all super cool. Uh, we, we pulled up in the R32, and like three of them just came over to check out Chuck's car. So it was just like, <laughs> oh, wow, this is cool. It was funny because these guys who are you know, driving McLarens and work for McLaren are, are into whatever this R32 is. So yeah. that was cool as well. Um, but their purpose truly was to educate us on the uh, 570Ss as far as what um, they have as – what they've developed it for, um, who it's geared towards to be sold, and, and they are toting it, that line, the uh, sports series line, as everyday sports cars, which you'd kind of chuckle like, haha, that's funny, everyday McLaren, sure. But after <laughs> driving it um, and, and looking at some of the design cues, like, for instance, a big thing for me was it's a pain in the ass to get in and out of most supercars. It just is. Um a lot of times there's a huge door sill that you have to go over and be cautious that you don't want to scratch or something like that. Yeah. And they not eliminated that, but they shortened it and, and pushed it downward. So it's like, Oh wow. I could actually get in and out of this car multiple times a day and not, you know, kind of fear I'm going to wear down the carbon fiber or whatever. Mm -hmm. So there's things like that. There's tilt wheel, there's adjustable seats. It, it's like, Oh, there's creature comforts that a lot of other cars uh, of this manner or this level don't necessarily have. So that's what it's geared towards. Uh, and they wanted to educate us about that. And then of course, you know, there's driving it, which was phenomenal. Um, it, it was super, super easy to drive, uh, and comfortable to drive within the first 150 yards or so. Um, I was already comfortable with the car, obviously not, you know, to thrash it around, but just to drive it in general. Uh, and then certainly once you're on the road and, and he says, oh, you can kind of get on it, the thing wakes up and it's just mayhem because um, <laughs> it's just a small, you know, a small lightweight uh, carbon tub with a lot of horsepower um, and makes a lot of noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome noises. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we see a couple of McLarens around here. Um there's a hand there's there's a couple yeah um there's a local guy i think he actually is friends with our buddy matt because he went on a that little road course tour with him the other day yeah he's got a white one um yeah there's a handful of them but upstate new york doesn't have a bunch of higher end cars no, like that rolling around but, right now i mean i like them all but i i have to lean towards lamborghini a little bit more i just like the styling the way it looks going down the road but i can't afford any of them so it doesn't matter but <laughs> and that's, you know, my bias may have been developed from my experience with them <laughs> because if I had the same experience with a Lambo, uh, Lamborghini or, or something of, of that sort, you know, 
I'm sure I'd be grinning ear to ear about that <laughs> yeah, car as well. Probably. See, I've always <laughs> been a little bit more of a Porsche fanboy, if I'm being honest. Oh yeah, if we're going Porsche too, but I meant like McLaren, Porsche. Ferrari, Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the um the there's a discussion there because Porsche isn't necessarily a supercar manufacturer. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, mm-hmm. But at the same time, they certainly have cars that can compete with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that's what McLaren is doing with that sports series. Uh, it was the 570 S, but now it's the 600 uh, or the 600 LT. Um, it's geared towards, you know, they're targeting that same uh, client that might buy a 911. Yeah. Um, uh, so I get what they're trying to do. It's pretty cool. Cause I'd, I'd have no problem with seeing, you know, more McLarens on the road. No, I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to that either. <laughs> yeah. I like seeing them. Yeah. I like taking pictures of them. Oh yeah. They're Absolutely. pretty cool cars. I've seen you taking a, you take a few pictures of muscle cars too. A little charger here, some, uh, older Camaro. Tell me a little bit about that charger. That charger is pretty nasty looking. The silver one with the big blower. Yes, sir. That's <laughs> going. So that, that one in particular, um, I established a, and he's my friend now, uh, you know, much more than just shooting some photos for him, but, um, established a good relationship with Chris Sarce from Chris Sarce customs. And that's one of his customers cars. Mm. Um, at one point I was, I shot a, uh, motorcycle in this big warehouse and actually a Subaru in the same warehouse at, um, the same location that Chris Sarce's shop is in. Mm-hmm. And that's how I met him. Um, and then as soon as he, you know, obviously I was shooting, then he happened to see some of the photos afterwards. He's like, oh, man, we got to shoot some stuff. And I obviously like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, it just kind of started from there. And, and uh, that car in particular, I don't know too, too much about it other than it's loud as hell and, and <laughs> cool as hell. Um, that's one of the cars that it, he has uh, a handful of repeat customers mm-hmm. that could be something small that they want to do to just you know uh get their car running better or whatever but now it's more or less his repeat customers are full on um frame down restorations or frame up builds uh just absurd absurd stuff so um that's one of the the customers of his i think that guy in particular has two or three cars that he brings to chris uh at a time and um at one point, that thing was finished, and I think there was a problem with, uh, uh, I can't remember what the hell it was that was going on with that car, but it was in there for something, got taken care of, and Chris is like, oh, no, it's here. Let's um, let's shoot it. So wow. that was basically that. We shot it in in the like little warehouse section next to his shop. It, it looks awesome in there. Yeah, it's I cool. like that picture yeah, a lot. It, uh, so I had a uh, question, too, because I... Speaking of H2O, saying how I love Porsches, I saw you did a shoot. I think it was Jay Speeds was his Instagram. He had the, oh, yeah, the yeah. martini yep. wrap. And yep. then I was looking. I was like, wait a second. Those stripes on your magazine. Very similar yeah. to that martini wrap. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, the, okay. No. Um, yeah, 100%. The first four issues of the magazine, let's call it. I haven't really decided how I'm going to kind of word things. I know it's issue number one, two, et cetera. But. Let's call this the first series, if you will. So the first year of the magazine, mm-hmm. um, every cover is going to be a different car livery. So, okay. for instance, that's the Martini livery. The next one is actually going to be uh, the Porsche Pig livery. Okay. Um, and I don't know what after that, but you know, the next two after that will be some sort of livery as well. Well, like I was saying, I have the all track. So if you end up with the Castrol World Rallycross at some point, I wouldn't be opposed <laughs> to seeing that. <laughs> There's a few, um, I kind of, I like putting out like, uh, little feelers on Instagram, if you will, just like, Hey, here, I'm, I'm kind of stuck between this one and this one, the Porsche pig. I knew I was doing that anyway. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna put that out to vote. I knew I wanted that to be the second one, but like the third one, I'll put a couple out there and do like some sort of vote of, Hey, um, this is going to be the next cover. Pick which one, see where we end up. That'd be cool. Yeah. I like that idea kind of get your people involved and make them feel yeah, like exactly exactly they had a part in making the magazine yeah yep, yep. and that's um that's kind of you know the gist of everything is uh my my spiel if you will is it's an automotive magazine about people uh because that's no matter what that's what it's about people are going to be responsible for the stories for the cars 
uh, all that stuff in some way. So I really want it to be about the person first and then the car second, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely. Um, So let me ask you this. Where do you see yourself down the road with the podcast, the magazine, you know, three, four, five years down the road? Um, I honestly don't know. Um, you know, I'd like to think, I don't even know if I'd ever do it full time, truthfully. Yeah. Um, because I, I do like my job and, and there's a huge, huge risk associated with, uh, kind of branching out on my own, if you will. Cause I, I, I have a family I'd have right. to sort out insurance. I'd have to, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um, and we, we would certainly have to sell a lot more than 150 copies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but who knows? I, I'm hoping uh, it starts to gain some traction and, you know, maybe I bump it up to 200. Yeah. Maybe I get it to that 500 mark and I can actually do the, the press machine versus digital printing. And then, you know, I'm, I'm sure as hell going to try yeah. um, to make it grow and see what happens. But I mean, all right, fine to give you a better answer. Yeah, I'd like to see everything grow, mm-hmm. uh, get bigger, and, and who knows where it's going to take me. I, I honestly don't know, but I'm sure as hell going to make the effort to, to get as big as possible um, with both the magazine and, and the podcast stuff. And I think um, even from my old Gangstout days, another thing that comes of it, another huge, huge benefit is meeting all the different people. And I truly have lifelong friends that I met because of the Gangstout stuff. Right. Mm. Um and hopefully this revival thing kind of, if it pays one thing, maybe it pays the way to those friendships, uh, you know, in the future. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Do you ever go to, do you plan on going to Wolfscart with like a booth and everything next year? I think so. That should probably be one of the shows that we go to. Cause I actually went to, and again, same thing with the Gangstout stuff. Um, I went to, I think the second Wolfscart, second, third, and maybe fourth Wolfscart. And, uh, I had a, a blast each time the first time my friend toby was like oh you should go and i'm staying at this guy jody's house and now you know it's to the point like jody came to my wedding you know what i mean it's just those random things that <laughs> happen um so that was all up there in vermont and i know all the bag riders dudes and uh i i was i missed it this year i don't know why i think i just couldn't make it happen with the timing of everything but Next year, I certainly, certainly want to be there. Cool. We'll probably both be there, so maybe we yeah, can say hi. I plan on going come back. Come check awesome. out your booth, get a magazine from you. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, it'd be cool, and maybe we can you know, swing something else in the future for, for all of us. Yeah, definitely. For sure. All right, man. I think we're going to wrap it up. We're about an hour in, so do you have any other shout-outs you want to put out? You know, like put out your Instagram, magazine, your website, website all yeah. that stuff. Sure, sure. Uh, you can check everything out at revivalmotoring.com. Um, pretty much from there you can get to anything we do that's the magazine the podcast uh our store our contact we certainly like to uh hear from anybody and everybody whether it be to to call us out on something we said that's stupid or or just to to show general support uh you can find everything on our website at uh, revivalmotoring.com and then um huge shout out to uh let's say my wife in particular for for dealing with all my stuff <laughs> wives need a shout out yes, they do they need those shout outs <laughs> they because, deserve uh, it. It, it takes a lot of time and effort to do what i'm doing and she's very supportive and oh, yeah. you know she picks up my slack with the, with the house and the kids and everything so That's i couldn't awesome. do it uh couldn't do it without her so shout out to her and uh shout out to let's see chuck and Corey just for being great uh co-hosts and <laughs> Truly, thank you guys for having me on. Hey, thank, thank you. you. I just want to let it. everyone else know uh, they better hurry up and get to that website because now you're down to seven. I had to uh, go ahead and order one of those magazines while we were talking. Wow. You know, it's funny. I, I have my computer up in front of me. I seen the thing pop up. I'm like, oh, I think I, I, think I know who that is. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Might be down to six in the Right? <laughs> all right. Thanks again, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Yeah, thank no you. No problem at all, guys. Thanks. See you. Bye. All right, right. so that was Josh Garcia (laughs) of Revival Motoring. Again, you want to check out his stuff, go to revivalmotoring.com, Revival Motoring at Instagram. Check his his own Instagram, revival underscore Josh. Yes. And uh, I think that's going to about wrap it up for us, too. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, it was. I'm glad I could make it for an interview. I feel like I've been missing out on it. You're slacking, man. Hey, man, a lot of people need a call on the Sundays when we record. You called ahead of time. I tried. I had to get involved. (laughs) And we're going to put that one up hopefully today. And then um, you weren't even here last weekend. We skipped a weekend. You know, things happen. I'm still fight. I don't know if anyone can hear my voice. I'm still fighting off a cold. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm dying. 
It's been it like a month. Be. It's possible. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I get it checked out. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, where can they find you at? They can find me at uh, Streamline underscore photography. Yes, indeed. And also on Facebook, Streamline Photography. And I have a new um, Instagram oh, yeah. just for pictures, non-car pictures, personal, if you want to look at them. Personal gram. I guess you call it that. It's just going to be pictures, so it's not going to be like my stuff. It's going to be um, a lot of selfies. Streamline underscore Ken. Yeah, there might be. Mostly more. selfies. Mostly pictures. <laughs> <laughs> um, where can I find you, Brandon? Uh, find me at Potsy on Instagram, Potsy Photos on Facebook. You know the places. Yeah. Hit me up. And Cars and Caffeine Podcast on Instagram. Check us out there. Twitter, too. But like I said, we don't talk much on there. <laughs> Twitter's a waste of it's time. Just, it just doesn't work that much. <laughs> Sorry, Twitter fans. It's not like it used to be. I don't know. West Coast like, seems to like it. Yeah, we're on the East. I feel like Instagram's just the spot. Oh, for know? sure. Yeah. But either way, thanks for listening, right. guys. Yes, thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Till next thanks time. Thanks again, Josh. Later. See ya.